All right. On that note, we have to talk about it. No, look, Scuba, it, it's absolutely filthy. And unfortunately, it doesn't actually count as a real play because it did get called back. Do you remember exactly what was in your brain when you went to throw that throw? The very large double team was on my mind, and that was very intimidating for me. So I was trying to think of a way out of that situation. I saw Terrence and Fairfax were both very open and like looking at me. And so I thought that was a pretty good decision, honestly. I didn't hear the little whistle. I like wasn't really thinking about the whistle. It was almost certainly my fault. But yeah, I thought the odds of both of them leaving that space and both of them not seeing it were really low. And I've done that motion a thousand times. So I just gave it a shot. You give the people what they paid good money for. What can we say? And no turnovers to boot. So we'll take it. Maybe. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Raleigh Proltzman Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Bean. And we're here to connect you with the players, personalities of North Carolina semi-professional Ultimate Frisbee. Today, we're going to be talking to second-year Flyers player, Mr. Elijah Long. Elijah, how's it going? Good, Luke. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, of course, man. So you just finished your rookie season with the Flyers, but I, before we dive into any Frisbee stuff, I first, of course, want to get to know you as a person. So Elijah, outside of Ultimate, which I'm sure is not a lot of things, but it might be a bunch of things. Who is Elijah? What do people need to know about you? Yeah, I mean, I guess uh, trying to balance Frisbee with all the other things in life. Working right now in Raleigh as a software developer, and I've got my dog, so she takes up a good bit of my time. And those are, those are the main things. That and Frisbee keeps me pretty busy. Now, you're from here in North Carolina, correct? Yeah, I grew up in Chapel Hill and then uh, Chapel Hill High School and uh, went to UNC. So the, the local route. Nice. And your dog's name is Anna, I've been told? Yeah, her name is Anna and she's two years old now. So we like having her, her around. Do you have any wonderful stories about Anna the world needs to know? I'm sure there are a lot of good ones. She's uh, very, very enthusiastic and likes being uh, like a proximity dog. So she... She may um, not always want attention, but like wants to be very close to you and like in the same space. She does love meeting new people. So she'll give them a lot of face licks and a lot of attention there. What breed is she? She's a Carolina hound dog, but really just a North Carolina mutt. Got all sorts of stuff, a lot of energy. And so we take her on disc golf walks and hikes and all those things. I've also been told to ask you, why are pancakes so beautiful? I mean, they're just, I just really like pancakes. Uh, it's a good breakfast food. fills you up. You can have whatever you want on it, like ice cream or syrup or bananas or strawberries, chocolate chips. You just appreciate the versatility, basically. I mean, yeah, I just, I just like pancakes as a food. If you're not cooking them at home, where's the best place to get pancakes? Uh, well, it's got to be the, the Chapel Hill or the Carborough Elmo's, but it closed over the pandemic, which is very sad. So I'm, I'm currently searching for the next best pancake place. Oh my God. That's so sad. This is not a good way to start the pod. We need to move into something happier. <laughs> Sounds good. It was a tragic day when we learned that. That's wow. So what did you major in at Chapel Hill? Can you talk a little bit about what you do? Yeah, I majored in computer science. That was my introduction into coding and software development. So I really, really enjoyed that and thought it was a fun way to, to solve puzzles. And there's a lot of different routes that you can go down. So I got a job the year out of college at a place in Raleigh and recently changed jobs again with the very weird, weird market going on. So yeah, I like did Spanish and music classes. Those were also really interesting. I didn't quite get enough for the minors because I wasn't interested in taking a couple of classes, but I, I got a lot out of the other material. So yeah, those are some of my other interests. 
Do you play anything or do you sing? What do you do musically? I've been trying to learn guitar, trying to sing with the guitar, but you know, it's a work in progress. So mainly just playing Wonderwall a bunch. Um, <laughs> I'll have to play that yeah, as like a Beatles music. Yeah. I like a bunch of Beatles music and, and stuff. Got acoustic guitar songs. So I'm really excited to hear about how you got into Ultimate. Because I think as if anyone knows your game at all, you're one of the most creative players, both from a space standpoint and from a throw standpoint. So how did you first get into this, this crazy sport? I got into it in middle school. I didn't make the basketball team. Probably I couldn't dunk. I think that was probably the main thing holding me back. They were still having tryouts for Ultimate. Went out and made the team, which was, I was very excited about. That was sort of my introduction. I really liked it. I was like one of the couple of people that could throw backhand at the time. So that helped me a lot. Played in middle school, high school, college. Played with Chuff at Chapel Hill High School and then at UNC. So you did basketball before? Was that your sport? Did you follow the NBA or was it just college sports? Or what, what kind of stuff did you do before playing? I just like all sports, really. I would do all the like rainbow sports as a kid. Didn't really pick any particular one. So I wasn't necessarily on a track for any, any particular sport. But I like basketball a lot. I think that it has a lot of... Um, overlapping concepts with frisbee and and space is treated the same way so there's kind of a lot of fun similarities again that's so interesting because I, I was really curious with your kind of level of creativity that there would be something some sport to be like oh that's where he got it from but no you're just a rainbow sport dude all the sports okay all the sports all the sports fair enough okay do you have any highlights from high school ultimate what was that it's interesting for me talking about that as a guy who did not get to have a high school ultimate experience and a lot of people in the country don't but obviously here in north carolina people do so what was high school ultimate as an experience like for you i think it was really cool it's like learning learning the game at that stage watching all the older like club players competing in the area i think that meeting playing with all those people is really cool now uh, having those connections in, in college and seeing those people at tournaments now is really cool. The older frisbee connections from college and youth are still fun to have. I think. Who was your coach in high school? Oh, uh, well, we had a lot of different coaches. Let's see. Jeff Horsefield coached for maybe the longest time along with Melissa Whitmer, Megan Tracy coached us a good bit. Becky Cleveland. Yeah. Charlie Upton. There are a lot of coaches that we had come through. High school coaching turnover is very large right now. Oh, as a high school band director, I totally understand. Yeah. There's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot going on there. So, all right. So you arrive at UNC, obviously part of kind of a powerhouse program from the start. What year did you start college in? I started college in fall of 2015. So I actually, I didn't really pick UNC because it was a Frisbee team. I was just excited for getting the state fun college and I also thought it was going to be like a pretty rebuilding year after they lost so many really good players. So we just sort of happened ourselves into being like a, still a very competitive team, which was all the more fun. Sure. And then obviously that then evolved. You then got to win your first title with the team yourself in, I believe, 2018. Which year was it? I'm sorry. So we found our way into semis in 2016 where we lost. And then we lost the second year in 2017. Uh, we finally got over the hump and won in. 2018 and then we've made the finals ever since yeah followed by of course your most recent 2021 fall championship congratulations by the way how was that experience obviously having a year off and kind of having your senior year ripped away from you and then suddenly getting to play again i mean what was the emotional roller coaster ride like yeah i think a lot of people probably experienced that differently personally i was pretty content with where the season ended in 2020 I was very bummed that we like didn't get to finish that season out, but like felt that I had a very complete college career. So it was just sort of a reunion tour 
like icing on top getting to play in the fall. So I think that was very special getting to come back and play again in the fall. But I was very much enjoyed the rest of the college experience as well. Let's see. I think that the fall was a lot more detached than like the rest of the teams that I played with because I wasn't like living super close to all the teammates and seeing them like every single day. But it was really cool that they brought me in, even though I hadn't really been able to be at every single practice or, or whatever. Your favorite moment from your college career was? I think beating Oregon on Universe Point at Stanford Invite. I thought that was a very big moment and that we um, were going to win that year whenever that happened. So that was 2018? That was 2018. Oh, who else was on that Oregon team? Adam Reese, Ted Sather, Xander, Gleeson, Tice, Will Laurie, a bunch of other people were on that. Good yeah, it was a stacked team. team. Yeah, that's awesome. And then, of course, you graduate out and for your first season with the Flyers, got to play in 2021. So this is the Raleigh Pearlton podcast. We should probably get into that at least a little bit. Sounds so. Good. Yeah. Let's look at back at the last year. So it was your rookie season. I think just going into last year, obviously it was such a weird year where there was almost nothing. And then the AUDL was kind of the first thing on the scene from an ultimate standpoint coming out of the pandemic. But what was your mindset? I, you know, I distinctly remember seeing you at a practice and talking to you a little bit and you were very just like, yeah, man, we're playing Frisbee. Life's good. But I mean, is that a pretty, a pretty good summation of your ideas going into the season? I mean, what were you expecting going into the whole pro thing? Yeah. I mean, with, with like club, taking a really long time to start up and not having college. It was, um, I was just happy to be playing Frisbee. I think that the time off was a good way to reconnect with why I really enjoyed the sport and having a team and being on a team and all those different things. So it's just really great to be back on the field. No kidding. What is your favorite part of the ultimate experience? Do you have a, a motif or a kind of moment or just a thing in general that you most enjoy about it? I mean, I like, I like the playing a lot. I think that there's, I think that's really fun. So games are really fun. Tournaments are really fun. Like the yeah, sort of arc of the seasons and the tournaments are really fun as they like get more competitive and the teams adapt and grow. And that's a really good feeling to to be doing that well. Sure. So you go in and, and frankly, you have a pretty sensational rookie year. Obviously, Anders Junks kind of stole your rookie of the year fire. Good for him. We'll talk to him later. But at the same time, I think a lot of people would have argued you could have been our rookie of the year as well. The other thing that's so interesting, of course, your role kind of changed over the season. You started off on the D line like most of the rookies did. And but over time ended up getting some of these spot minutes on the O line. And I feel like a lot of people kind of pointed to some of our success throughout the season is the fact that we had this like kind of eight, nine person O line that we rotated. And so defenses didn't get a good chance to get comfortable. Was it weird having your role move around a bunch, or was that something you were just beyond comfortable with? Or how did that evolve for you throughout the 2021 season? Yeah, I just really enjoyed playing and being out there and stuff. Uh, so I think, and getting to like have more of an impact on the game and play some of the O-line points and come in for those moments was really cool. I think I'm probably more of a D-line player, but offense is definitely my preference. So um, it can be hard to find your offensive moments. Oh, oh you need to unpack that again. That doesn't make sense. You said I'm more of a D-line player, but I prefer, what does that mean? I don't know. That's maybe just my, my perception of, I don't think I necessarily would fit in on an O-line as the most optimal place to put me on the field, maybe just because of how I want to like approach the, the arc of the game. And I think that I can have like more of an impact on defense on D line. We're going to dig into this though. So what, what would you call your approach to the game? I think that I can like offer consistency on offense and make a point happen. And I could do that for a game, but I also can create 
pressure on defense in in a way that can like build over the game. And that's like a fun thing to help contribute to. Yeah. And I love that we're consistent because I think if anyone's watched your game, that's definitely uh, like you are not, you know, there's some players as much as I enjoy watching them. They, I definitely feel a little more nervous once they have the disc, like you are not that player. Like the moment there's such a calm when Elijah long picks up the disc and like, you know, you're so, I don't want to say casual because that feels like flippant. You are casual in a calming sense of like, yep, we're just here and we're going to play ultimate and I'm going to make sure this gets to new where it goes. So it, I totally get where you say like, I'm definitely a really strong offensive player, but actually I'm more of a D-line player because that's such a great sure. description of your play. I don't know. Thanks. <laughs> so on that note, actually, then I would love to ask you like, so the other thing I mentioned earlier is you are such a creative player. I think we're going to get into the no look scuba because we have to talk about that moment in championship weekend. Sure. Got to talk about it. But like okay. you bring such a different, Again, there's this consistency to you because you can just put it wherever you want. So how did you develop that kind of creativity? Is this like UNC's dark side's fault for like giving you a green light on things that most people wouldn't get a green light on? How did you get to the point where you were comfortable throwing anything and everything on the field? Yeah, I think that's a really good description of it. Honestly, there are like times when you would give certain players the permission to do something outside of the system because they are, I guess, finding success in that however it is. And that niche for me ended up being defensively. So and trying to find the best ways to do those things. But that definitely helped me grow and learn, learn what spots I can take away on defense. And then so where the offense should throw it. And then on offense, I can counter that. And so it's just sort of like a growing thing. So this is why you're such a defensive player at heart, because if you were on the O-line, there's no way, right? The coach would just be like, Mike would have just been like, absolutely not. You cannot do that. But because it's D-line, there's that little bit more of not you can turn this, but like there's that little bit of more gray room. And then on top of that, you're so used to dictating where offenses should go that then when you're on offense, you're like, oh, they don't want to put that there. So I'm just going to do that. Suck it, nerds. Is that a good way of describing that without maybe the suck it, nerds part at the end? This might be a hot take, but a lot of the maybe like more aggressive throws that I throw, I think that they're very high percentage. And that's not a holistic statement, but... Even the, like, <laughs> that's funny. there are definitely some, like, some throws on that I would throw on D-line that I still think are very high percentage. I don't like to turn the disc over, so I'm happy to play the ads. Oh, that's fantastic. All right, so obviously last year was pretty incredible for us. We win the 2021 championship. What was the moment in the season that you had the most doubts in the regular season of 2021? I don't really have any doubts, I think. Even the times we were, like, losing in some of the games, it was just really fun to be playing in really close games. Yeah, throughout my career, there have been very large deficits that we've come back. So I know it's always possible. So yeah, I don't know if I really had any doubts. It was just fun to play the close games. Fair enough. No, I get that. Okay, so then championship weekend, do you have a highlight moment during championship weekend for you personally? I think there were a bunch of moments in the New York game. Seeing the offense being really consistent was really good. Maybe my highlight is... Probably after the no look scuba that we just like rolled it back and threw it right into in the end zone again for, for Enders. I think that was, we didn't get this, but we're still just going to cash in the score. So I think that was probably my highlight. It was just a double score. All right. On the note, we have to talk about it. So <laughs> no look scuba, it, it's absolutely filthy. And unfortunately, it doesn't actually count as a real play because it did get called back due to uh, starting it too early. But do you remember exactly what was in your brain when you went to throw that throw in front of probably about a thousand people on a beautiful night 
in Washington, D.C.? Yeah, I really wasn't thinking about the crowd at all, which I guess is maybe surprising. Like, that wasn't on my mind. The very large double team was on my mind, and that was very intimidating for me. So I was trying to think of a way out of that situation. I saw Terrence and Fairfax were both very open and, like, looking at me. And so I thought that was a pretty good decision, honestly. I didn't hear the little whistle. I, like, wasn't really thinking about the whistle. It was almost certainly my fault. But, yeah, I thought the odds of both of them leaving that space and both of them not seeing it were really low. And I've done that motion a thousand times, so... I just gave it a shot. I mean, it's definitely high percentage for you, and it's it definitely worked. No Flyer fan is going to blame you for thinking about the <laughs> team over the ref, so <laughs> it's all good. I mean, it's a, it's a spectator sport, so you've got to throw some interesting pieces in for the fans at home. You give the people what they paid good money for, what can we say? And no turnovers to boot, so we'll take it. Maybe. <laughs> All right. On that note, let's talk about this year's team. So obviously this 2022 season, same and, and yet totally different, right? We come out of a championship year. A lot of the players are the same. We do have a, a fresh batch of rookies. And I already knowing some of these names who are honestly going to be pretty huge for us. But by the same token, a lot of the core of the team is still there. So going to the 2022 season, is there any particular goal or, or desire you have most for the team? Or are you just happy to play? Happy to get out there again? Yeah, I think I'm really excited for like the the team to be able to like defend a title. I think that's really exciting for the group. It's just a very different team. So I don't really know how much comparison, like there is a lot of personnel overlap, but just a very different team. And I think that appreciating the success that the team had last year is important, but really just earning the identity for this year, for this team is like more important for this group of people. So I'm very excited for a lot of new blood and being able to, to do that with this group, new division, new team, new size of the season. It's, it's just a lot to, to compare to last year. So it's kind of hard to do. Do you feel like the messaging from the coaches has been the same or different going into this year? Can you elaborate on that? Yeah. So, you know, for a long time, I think we're used to being the underdogs or used to being kind of the, not the ones going after people with targets on their back, so to speak. And I obviously after winning the championship, I think the vibe will be a little different as far as, you know, the, Dallas hump is beyond way gone and quote unquote, whatever that's supposed to mean, you know, and in general, like having won a championship, there's a danger potentially of that could changing the team's mindset. But given the way you've already talked, it does sound like, you know, it's, it's still such a fresh feel and there's enough young faces or new faces that maybe that's not there, but I think that's important to like be talking about and thinking about is like, how are we navigating the kind of, I don't want to say championship hangover, but like, how are we handling that? So I was just curious, especially from your perspective, not just with the team, but like, do you feel like the coaching messaging has been the same as far as like what they've been saying to the players or has it been a little different? How has it compared from last year to this year? Yeah, that makes sense. I think that there's so much like, new so many new people on the team since 2019 that like sort of the old flyers sort of system or not system but just like perception of how the postseason was going to happen and um like fears or anxieties maybe doesn't like come into the current flyers team as much that might be incorrect i might just be like a second year person on the team and not understand that but yeah i don't necessarily think that the coaches have changed their um their dialogue very much like we've known that we're a really competitive team for for years now in terms of like ringing flyers so a lot of that that comes from the coaches and they're like they know that we're not the underdog right now which um i think we we can appreciate yeah 
So do you have one or two rookies that are that are new faces that you most want to shout out ahead of the season? Who do you think is going to shock the world? Because it feels like in 2019, we had this crazy crop of, I don't know, Eric Taylor and Saul Yannick and Henry Fisher. Those guys were okay. And then your class comes in, you've got Anders and you and Ethan Bloodworth, and they're pretty okay too. So you have any other pretty okay names that you want to kind of shout out going into the season that you're expecting to see on the field a bunch? Yeah, there's a lot of people. There are a lot of people that I've never played with from this team, which I'm very excited about. I'm really excited to play with Michael Lee since he was like with us a bunch last year, and now he's uh, out there with us, and that's going to be really exciting. Player Pierce, who is in Atlanta, who I've played against a bunch, that'll be really fun to finally play with him and see him play against his Atlanta people. So I think that's a fun, sort of a fun uh, rivalry in there. But yeah, all of the rookies, I'm, I've enjoyed playing with at practice a lot. For sure. Yeah, it's going to be great. So looking into the actual season, I'm assuming you're at least pretty aware of the schedule by now. Is there a particular matchup you're most looking forward to? Not necessarily. I think I hope we get at home games. Some like really well-played home games. I think that'll be really fun. Atlanta's always a really fun team to play against, and that'll be really fun this year. Okay. Uh, going into the Flyers, our team itself, I'm going to do some quick like best at this best at that and I'm, we'll see how quickly you can give some answers to these so first one who's the best dancer on the flyers we'll go with ad sorry henry fisher you were not voted as the best dancer on the flyers by elijah long they can have a dance off at the halftime at some home game okay we'll make it happen all right ad congratulations uh who's the funniest player on the flyers i think it's raj it's raj nair it's raj goofy who is the fastest first step Anders. Yeah, I think that one's pretty obvious. That's fair. Uh, who can get the highest? Terrence. Okay. Which flyer has the best scuba? Me. Which flyer has the best hammer? Fairfax. Really? I expected the Eric Taylor there. Interesting. Okay. Who's the best motivational speaker on the flyers? Noah. Okay. Let's get, we can get a little spicy too. So if we already know where the, if the flyers make championship weekend, that'll leave three other teams. Who do you think is the eventual champion from each of the other divisions for the AUDL this year? Who else is going to join us at Championship Weekend? I think that the Breeze is going to take down New York. And I want to see the Radicals at Championship Weekend. I think it'd be cool to play against the Cascades, so we'll give them West Division. Ooh, we've got some hot takes out here. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so Cascades, Radicals, and DC taking down New York, which I'm totally on board with, by the way. Sorry, Jack. I totally think that's going to happen this year. This D- these new additions to DC are incredible, but we'll see. Okay. I think the Seattle one is the hottest take. You think they're going to be able to take down all the new teams and take down like um, San Diego Growlers, who just added a bunch of talent from like the Aviators too. But we'll take it. That's the, I, was I think the Seattle. Growlers. Growlers have a pretty good shot, but I think, uh, I don't know, we've never played against the Cascades. That'd be kind of a cool, cool crossover. Yeah. So on that note, I was about to ask, do you have any one out of division opponent that you would most like to play? Who would you pick? Would it be the Cascades or someone different? I think it'd be cool. I think that I'm probably going to pick New York or the Breeze. Probably New York because they're uh, we've never not played a game within one point of them or something. So that's just good for Frisbee. Playing one of the Midwest teams could be pretty, pretty cool just because like the ADL is a little bit of a different style and that'd be pretty fun as well. I'll pick, I'll pick New York though. That's a good competitive, like, you know, that's going to be a close game. So. Yeah. And as a fan, I could not agree more. We would love another New York game because they're just always absolute fire. So beyond. All right. Let's say it's 2050 
instead of 2022. And we do trades now. We're like, it's a fully grown professional thing. We can do trades and you're the GM, Elisha. So give me one player that you would most want to trade for from another franchise. Uh, and you can't do former flyers. So you can't say Jack, sorry. I know Ryan played with the ring. I liked KPS who's on the radicals. Kevin, but it's Scantlin. He's really cool. And I think he'd be really fun to play with. All right, let's flip it. There's now a draft. And instead of the flyers, you get drafted in another franchise. Where have you always or most wanted to play? Is there a team with a really cool brand or maybe it's a coach you've always wanted to play for? Um, just like a team vibe that you've really enjoyed. Who, who outside of the flyers would you most want to play for? I think probably the San Diego team. San Diego seems like a really good place to live. They seem like a fun group. So that's, that's probably my, my pick, but. Okay. The San Diego growlers, even though you don't want them to make championship weekend, cause you'd rather see Seattle, but that's cool. Well, they need to, to draft me so that they can make championship weekend. <laughs> On the note of the ADL, I'm curious, obviously coming from club into, into pro, do you have any particular rules that you actually feel like pro could do differently or better? Is there one thing that you would change? Yeah. I think like spirit of the game is really cool. And there are some things that you lose with that going into like a ref environment. I think player called fouls is probably something you could bring into the ADL. And it could always be like upheld or overruled by an observer. And maybe if you'd make a bad call, then they like you'd lose that privilege for the game. But there's a lot of unseen fouling that happens that players would help crack down on. On the flip side of that, what do you feel like the program does well that maybe club or other parts like are missing out on right now? Yeah, I think that the AUDL has a really good pace of the game and it's a lot more fun and watchable from a viewer at home standpoint. It helps you like stay invested in the game a lot more when the points are happening like back to back. Do you feel like as a player that isn't disorienting? Because I think that would be the big complaint from, you know, maybe club players is like just how fast it moves. You don't have time to talk or adjust. I mean, then like, call timeouts and make those adjustments. Yeah. Adapt and play faster and quicker. And yeah, I think that there's a lot of like, that could be a really cool way to like push the sport forward and make people make the game pace pick up. This is like the, whenever I talk to people about should ultimate have a different disc for when the wind is harder and some players, especially disc golf players, some of them are like, Oh yeah, of course that totally makes sense. And then other players are like, no, just get good, figure it out. If you can't throw a 175 gram in the wind, well, then, then throw more in the wind. I don't know. I know you play a bunch of disc golf. So where would you fall on that? I think there's like a lot of cool things that different discs can do, but um, like, I, I don't think that they should switch out the disc. I think that, yeah, having the 175 gram disc is a good, good thing fair enough all right on that note let's hurt some feelings i just want do you have one or two of your biggest hot takes for the 2022 audl upcoming season call your shot now what's what's your shots come on oh gosh i i don't think that new york will beat the breeze i think the breeze will take a loss on the season let's see in region comments Wait, 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 before you go into that. Okay, so what makes you say that? So you feel like DC is going to take out New York? Is that just all the depth pieces? Do you feel like New York time's up? Like, what's making you feel like that? I'm just trying to, to stir the pot a little bit. I think those are going to be really good games. I'm envious of that division a little bit. But yeah, is it a hot take that the Flyers are going to have an undefeated regular season? Or is that a cold take? I think so. I don't think it's a cold take. It may not be the hottest take. Like last year, that would have been a super hot take, obviously. But I feel like it's hard to not lose. It's I mean, there's so many things out of your control. But admittedly, we're pretty deep and we're pretty good. And we've got history now. So 
Yeah. We'll call it a medium take. We'll call it a medium take. Medium take. I think it could be a hot take. All right. Other questions within Ultimate. What is the best trip you've ever been on for Frisbee? Probably with club, just any of the last couple of seasons. Going to San Diego was really nice and fun to hang out in Airbnbs with the team. I do think the championship weekend was pretty cool last year with the hotel and the Audi Stadium was really a very different experience from any other Frisbee that I'd done. Yeah, that field was perfect for us. Obviously, we needed a couple more fans in the stands, but in general, like that was pretty cool. And I've been told Bree Stevens, you know, for the championship weekend this week, year should be pretty amazing too. So yeah, hopefully it create, provides that same amount. Well, who's the player coach that you've learned the most from? Probably Jonathan Nethercutt. I feel like uh, he started coaching me very early on and had a lot of like conversations and impact on my early Frisbee days, which was really helpful. On that note, do you have a piece of advice that you most give to young or developing players? I mean, I think just playing and throwing is the biggest thing that like sets you apart. Yeah. People like really appreciate it when you throw it to them and are accurate and that that's a great way to get better. Do you have a throwing routine that you do either when you're warming up or when you're not on days when you're playing that you get out and throw? Is there like a sequence you go through or when you were like playing first developing your throwing skills, just like kind of like, can you talk a little bit about that? Those kind of routines? I don't really have a routine. I just get out and throw. I think whenever I'm trying to get better at a certain throw, uh, I try to like visualize, even if you're just throwing to a stationary target, you could pretend that somebody was running to that target and then throw it. So maybe I've done that in the past when I'm trying to learn a new throw, but I don't have a routine personally. It feels like a quantity. Okay. Fair enough. And I, I can only imagine how many of some of those scubers you've thrown in your life. A handful for sure. Uh, on that note, is there any area you most want to improve on this season, both for club and for pro? Yeah, I mean, I just don't want to do creative things that are safe for the offense. It's just such a young sport that there are so many fun, creative things that haven't been done yet. And uh, so it's fun to to try and find them and explore that. Do you have a particular throw that you really want to throw in a game that you haven't yet that we're going to see on the field at some point? Or is that is that are you going to keep that in, in, in the box? We'll um. I mean, yeah, I've got to keep it in the box. Let's see. I think we'll just say if you want to see what <laughs> Elijah Long has in the box, you got to come out to some of these home games and see see him play. So we just had our, our Radiance home opener. We've got a bunch of Flyers games coming up. You want to see Elijah throw something crazy? The only way to find out, come see him at the game. Just saying. Just saying. We'll see you out there. Um, what is your favorite Frisbee team or game that you've ever watched that you were not in? I think the Phoenix Fury semi was really fun to watch this year at club nationals. I think it was like very high level and it felt like a lot of us like came out there to cheer and that was a really fun experience and fun to watch them competing at that level. Yeah, it was uh, an electric game. We're going to be talking about that game for a long time. Oh yeah. On the flip side, what is the worst ultimate game you've ever played in? Yeah, I think that there are a lot of worst, really bad weather but I don't really mind playing in the rain. I think that's kind of fun. Yeah, one is not coming to mind right now. There was Easterns one year where it was incredibly windy and rainy, but that was still pretty fun. So that's probably a hot take. All right, let's move into our last couple sections. So our next section, if you know the pod, you know this well, is our give and go. So we're going to have some quick answers, quick questions. We're just trying to get to know you a little bit more, but do it in a bunch of different ways. So Elijah Long, are you ready for some give and go? Yeah. All right, here we go. First one, you knew it was coming. Which you would you rather get? The bidding under D to get the turn or the huge sky upwind for the score 
on universe, but you're the one who threw the sky. I threw the throw. Yes. And it was a bad throw. No, it was a, well, okay. So if you, if the other player had to sky, then yes, I guess it was a bad throw. Your call. I would get a layout under D. <laughs> In okay. that situation. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I'll, I'll pull back. I'll pull back. Would you rather be bidding under D or would you be the one who bailed out your teammate on a two floaty throw and you get the sky for the upwind score on universe? What would you take? Yeah, I would do, I would do that one. I would <laughs> get the sky. I love that. Anything that's floaty, both you guys, it's flyers and radiance are both like floaty throws for skies. We don't do that. We just like put it right in people's bread baskets. If they had to sky someone, it was a loss. So I love that. Uh, this is a very fast start to give and go. All right. What's okay. the definition of a great teammate? Respectful. Flick or backhand? Flick. Scuba or hammer? Hammer. Was that a hard decision for you? Kind of. I'm really shocked you picked hammer. I'm, I'm, how, what went through your brain when I asked you that question? Well, I want to throw those this year. I'll throw more. Fair enough. What is your favorite fan reaction at a game? I just love being booed at. It's just very fun. You're not going to get that at home games. I'm sorry, but championship weekend, I suspect we could get booed a lot if we make it there. So we could, we could. The Flyers have next year's MVP. That player's name is Eric Taylor. What is your favorite TV show? White Collar. Favorite movie franchise? Studio Ghibli. Oh, well done, sir. Best Studio Ghibli movie. My neighbor Totoro. What is the most number of eggs you've eaten in one sitting? Probably four. Have you ever Maybe. even attempted 12 like Eric Taylor used to? I have not attempted to eat 12 eggs. What is your favorite cereal? I like Cheerios, but with like banana in it. Who inspires you? My parents. What is your favorite holiday? Thanksgiving. The best Thanksgiving food is? Sweet potatoes with marshmallows on them. Wow. Okay. That might be a hot take. We already know the answer, but pancakes or waffles? Pancakes. Your favorite offense to run is? Just a quick one, a lot of quick passes. Are you a dribbler at heart? No, they don't have to be short passes. I don't like that. It probably shouldn't be short passes. Just like a motion offense. Your favorite defense to run is? Like a person, coachy, mix. The most satisfying win you've ever had with an ultimate is? I think Wisconsin quarters in 2017. Because we came back from like a really big deficit. Yeah. Best post-game slash tournament meal is? Pancakes. Like, are we talking IHOP or where are you going? I know Waffle House isn't. I like Waffle House. I'd probably get a Waffle though, honestly. I was about to ask, do they serve pancakes at Waffle House? I don't think that's true. I don't know. That's a good question. I get the all-star Waffle. We'll figure that out. <laughs> You're dropping ultimate. What do you spend your time doing? I play some disc golf, play some music. Charmander, Squirtle, or Bulbasaur? Squirtle. You do seem like a Squirtle guy. That totally makes sense to me. Uh, what is your go-to spike on a big score? Just edge down as hard as I can. No, probably some like flippy thing with the disc and catching it. What is the best pregame tune to get you in the right headspace? It's Good For You by Olivia Rodrigo. Oh, nice. She's fantastic. All right. The most important question in this whole podcast, why is the narwhal the best mascot? And why is it important that we have more narwhal night this year? Please get out of give and go and feel free to elaborate on this in detail. Thank you. Well, you gotta, gotta come out to the games to see why the narwhal is so important. I think having it on our jerseys is just the best thing. Best way to get people hyped. Who doesn't love a narwhal as a mascot? Straight truths. Thank you for contributing that into our podcast. 
All right, last one. So Mike D and Charlie Eisenhood have a dance competition. Who's got better moves, Mike or Charlie? Mike. Very convincing. All right. I always want to end Thanks. with a chance for you to give a shout out. It could be Frisbee or non-Frisbee related. So Elijah Long, who's your shout out for the Raleigh Pultzman podcast? My shout out will go to my parents because they've been very supportive in the ultimate career. I'll also shout out Dennis and Megan Tracy because they've coached me and taught me a lot of things. And that's been really cool of them. And I think, has Tristan Green gotten a shout out? I think he's carried the, the triangle ultimate community in so many ways. And some of them have been behind the scenes. And if he hadn't played a lot of the groundwork, that I wouldn't have been able to have a really cool ultimate program to be a part of. So those are my three shout outs. All right, Elijah, thank you so much for coming onto the pod. We hope everyone comes out to the Flyers' first home game and championship celebration game where we'll be revealing the banner and bringing out the trophy and for all the fans to see. So come check us out Friday, April 29th at Durham County Memorial Stadium at 7 o'clock. That's going to be a doubleheader weekend for us as we also have our next Radiance's home game against the Nashville Nightshade on Saturday, April 30th, also at Durham County Memorial Stadium. By the time this pod comes out, it'll have been probably a week-ish. As of the time of this recording, we just had our first game with the Radiance winning 17-16 against the DC Shadow in an absolutely bonkers game. We're excited to actually get them into our stadium and have a chance to really experience them in a full crowd. So we hope to see you guys out for those games. I normally don't ask this, but please rate and subscribe to the pod. I've been working really hard at this and would love for to, to get more people to listen. And again, Elijah, thanks so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks so much. You've been crushing it on these uh, podcasts. Yeah, man. We're living the dream. It's a good time. Thanks. Oh, yeah.